done. Praise the Lord. Got someone else too who we want to uh, honor this morning. And uh, this is a, a particular award for someone who's just, just really amazing. And uh, this is someone who has made over a hundred crossings of the border from Hong Kong into China, carrying Bibles, running the risk of being captured every time. And uh, I would never, uh, when I first met her, have realized this was the potential that was there. But I really wanted today honor uh, and, and really honor Glenda Labar today. She's done over 100, 101 crossings. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Hey, wait, 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 wait. That's it. We've got a certificate for you, and we've got a meal for you both out at Salini's. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's give him a big clap. Glenda came up to run the coffee bar we had years ago, and uh, she uh, gave up her life in Danivet, came up here, and God blessed her. She met Bill. And uh, they got married, and now she's been into China year after year after year taking Bibles. Isn't that fantastic? You know, just a great. These are inspiring things, aren't they? Young people preaching, getting people saved, and people gathering people up. And, and they, oh, Bill. Oh. <laughs> Bill has really worked very, very hard and sacrificed to pay for these trips over many years. And I just think it's just, uh, he's inspired Glenda. He's been able to inspire her to, to do this, and uh, I just think it's amazing. You know, if you don't Glenda before she came to Danny Burke, and then you, from Danny Burke to here, and then you realize what she's done, you realize what a huge change that's been. So thank you, Glenda. You're an inspiration. All those trips across the border and all the effort that's gone with that. Fantastic. Praise God. Why don't you open your Bible with me in Mark? Open the Bible. <coughs> Finish with the fences. We don't want any more offenses. <laughs> so I've got to do something different now, otherwise I'll be offended. Mark chapter 10. Well, we've got to keep doing things until uh, we get the message. How many know it's hard to get the message? How many found that you thought you knew it all until you found it was, until you found about halfway through the course you were offended? <laughs> you need to deal with some stuff. Why don't you have a look with me in Mark chapter 10, verse 27. And uh, then we're going to immediately to Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. I want to speak today, all things are possible. Eh? All things are possible. Now that's the mentality a, be a believer should have. That all things are possible. For all the people in the world, we need to be the most positive, optimistic, looking forward to what's coming up. All things are possible. In uh, Mark chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus looking upon them said, With men things are impossible. It's impossible for a rich man to be saved, but not with God. You underline that. With people, some things are impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible. That word means he's able, he's powerful, he's got the ability, he's got the resources. Whatever God wants to do, it's possible for him to do it. There's no limit upon God. Everything we see that's come into this uh, universe has come because of the enormous and wonderful power of God. So we know... All things are possible with God. God can raise the dead. You look at a man who's dead, you say, it's impossible. God says, you watch me, and he raised him from the dead. Bible abounds in accounts of people where, did the, the, where God worked an impossible thing, and it became possible, then it's done. And we look at it. How, how possible is it for a man to be raised from the dead? With God, easy. 
How possible is it for a blind eye to be open with God? Easy. There's no hard things with God. There's easy things and there's easier things. With God, everything is easy. Everything is possible. But I want you to now look at this next verse. And we have a look in Mark chapter 9 and uh, then verse 23. We need to understand this, that we all know that God can do whatever He likes. He's unlimited in His power, His resources, and His ability. But God has deliberately chosen to limit how that will operate in the earth. Deliberately. You say, oh, it's not very fair. I just want Him to give us a blast. No, you don't. You get scared and run away. See, so God has limited how he will work in the earth. He has put boundaries around it. Now, there are some things that God is going to do, and nothing anyone can do will stop it. In other words, he's got a plan he is working to. No one can stop Jesus coming. No one can stop certain things happening. No one can stop the day or the hour of their death. No one can stop eternal judgment. There are many things. No one can stop them. God has just laid it out. That's what's going to happen. But in terms of what happens on the earth, God has made a decision that he will operate in partnership with people. You see, what happens is we're waiting for God to do everything, and God says, I have made man to have dominion in the earth, dominion over all the works of my hands, and I have chosen to work in partnership with him. Now, of course, we all know, and even the demons know, and believe that God is powerful, and they believe in Jesus, and they tremble, but it doesn't do them any good, because there's only one way the power of God is released into the earth, apart from a sovereign move where God works just because it's a time and a season he wants to do something, the way God releases his power is through faith. And so notice what Jesus is speaking in verse 23. Jesus said to the man, and we'll come back and read this in just a moment, if you can believe, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So God says, the Bible tells us very clearly, everything's possible with God, but everything's possible with us if we can believe. All things are possible to you if you believe. If God is not working in your life, don't blame God. Don't look and say, well, God isn't interested. Don't look and say, God doesn't want to do these things. He said very clearly in his words, if you can believe, all things are possible. So one of the biggest hindrances to the flow of the power of God, whether it be in healing, salvation, deliverance, our friends being saved. Can you believe for that? And if you can't believe for that, what is hindering that belief? I'm going to look at that in a moment. Some of the things, and this is why Jesus raised us. He's going to see in just a moment, uh, he begins to just push out and touch the whole issue of why it is we don't see more happening. How many know that you've heard stories of God moving in amazing ways in other nations? How many heard that? How many have known and read in the Bible, God moved in amazing ways, dead, raised, all kinds of things happening? How many have seen all of that? How many inside have got this little world going around? Yeah, it's in other places and it's in the Bible, but how come I'm not seeing it? There's a reason for that. And we need to see what it is, and we need to push against it and have changes. How can we live without the impossible, the supernatural happening around our life? We're going to see in a moment, and you're going to recognize how as a, as a body of people in an environment like New Zealand, we settle for way below what God says we could have. And there's a reason we settle for it, 
and we settle for it without even realizing why we've settled for it. We don't even know we've settled because it seems so normal. When you accept something as being normal, which is totally abnormal, you're in a condition way outside what God has intended. And this is the difficulty that we have. So we're going to have a look at it, look at a few scriptures. Now I want to just pick up the story that gives a context. Now just think about the endless possibilities if you had faith. What creativity could be released through you? What people might be healed through you? That person you won't even invite to something because really in your heart you don't believe they'll say yes. You don't believe that God will touch them. You don't believe that God will save them. That person could be saved forever. What people could be saved if you believed? What people could be touched by the power of God if you believed? What person could actually get a breakthrough, a miracle of healing in their life if you believed? The issue is not whether God has got the power. All things are possible to him. And all things are possible to us if you can believe. And so this area of faith is crucial for us breaking through. We must understand how God works. And he works through the realm of faith. There's something he requires of us. We're going to have a quick look at it. Let's have a look and read the, uh, pick it up in verse 14. Now, when uh, Jesus came down to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes or religious people arguing with them. Straight away, all the people, when they beheld him, were very amazed. And then they greeted him. And he asked the scribes, why are you questioning or arguing with these disciples? And one of the multitude said, Master, I brought to you my son. He has a dumb spirit. Doesn't mean he's stupid. It means he can't speak. And wherever he takes them, he tears them, and he, he foams, and he gnashes. He has these, uh, uh, these fits. He pines away, or he's withering away. I spoke to your disciples. They should cast the demon out, and they couldn't do it. So we have a situation here where there's a tremendous need in a person's life. A young boy, and he's, been, he's struggling with an evil spirit in his life. We'd call him probably an epileptic. But certainly he was struggling. It's a child. He's grown up from a child. He's had this demonic spirit that's been ruining and stealing from him. And they brought him to church. They brought him to the disciples. And the disciples did everything they knew to do. And nothing happened. And they were feeling defeated and down. And the religious leaders were hammering them. Does that sound a common sort of thing? Very common, isn't it? We've seen that. We've experienced. How many have experienced something like that? Prayed and you never got a result. Prayed and the person died. Prayed and the person got sicker. I hate that. I just so hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I've been pushing in this last two years to break out of that. We've seen at least in the last year. When I first came here, first arrived in the church, we had ten people and two of them were in wheelchairs. And I hated that. Every Sunday I hated that. Because I'm trying to see God move and in front of me it's like the devil's mocking, say, hey, the impossible in front of you, you can't do it. Every week. But this year I was in a meeting and two people got out of wheelchairs. God says, the first fruits. There's a lot more to come. A lot more to come. But there's a struggle, there's a battle. So the disciples knew it, they couldn't do it. And he said, now, this is what Jesus said. He answered them and said, oh, you faithless generation, how long shall I be with you and how long will I suffer you? Bring him to me. When he brought him to him, he saw him and immediately the spirit manifested. He began to be, uh, tear him and he fell on the ground wallowing and foaming. And so Jesus asked the father, how long has it been like this since he came to him? And he said, of a child. 
In other words, since he was a little infant, now he's a younger boy, probably the age of 13 or 14. It's been since he's been a little child, and now this, this boy's had this demon. And he said, oft times it throws him in the fire into the waters to destroy him. If you can do anything. Notice that word there, if. Jesus, if you can do something, help us. And Jesus, I want you to see, we're going to look at some of Jesus' responses here. And this is what Jesus turned it right back on and said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Jesus puts his finger immediately on what the problem is. The problem is unbelief. The problem is unbelief. We're just going to look at that. Now, I just want to pick up two or three things in this, about this story. The first thing to see is that children can be demonized. The devil's not fussy about whether it's an old person or a young person, but children can be greatly affected with evil spirits. And this was a young boy. He was afflicted with the spirit since he was a child. Demons can enter in while the child's in the womb. Demons can enter in and uh, cause all kinds of complications in a child's life. Uh, the physical sickness, uh, limitations mentally, inability to study, uh, inability to focus. Uh, all kinds of problems can take place in the life of young children because of demons. Now, don't blame just demons for everything. One of the major reasons children have troubles is because they're not disciplined properly by their parents. That's a huge big part of it. Uh, a good, firm, loving environment with boundaries and clear uh, uh, godly discipline and shaping of a child is, a, is, is one of the most positive things we can give into a child's life. But never, in spite of all of that, children can be demonized. And I have seen them scream out. I've seen a little child at the age of two. He would wake up and he would literally destroy everything he had his hands on until the parents woke up and could stop him. It was a demon. I prayed for other little children about the age of four or five, tormented with unclean pictures in their minds. So it's a demon. Now you understand what you like. This particular demon was manifesting, maybe like a form of epilepsy, who knows, whatever it was, the young man, the young boy would throw himself into the fire, throw himself into water. He was kind of fearless. He had no sensitivity of danger. Uh, he, was, uh, he would manifest. And uh, there were all kinds of issues in his life. What the father needed was a miracle. Now I wonder how many people got like that in that community that need a miracle. They need the power of God. And the official dispensers of the power of God are in front of me. Well, of course, there are other churches here too. But we're not worried about them so much. We're worried about you, concerned about you. See, it's not that I'm the official dispenser of the power of God. It's we are. We are channels of the life of God. We are channels for the supernatural into the community. We are channels for the impossible to become possible in the workplace, in the environment around us, in the lives of desperate people. We are the agents of God, the ambassadors of God. We carry the life of God. We're the temple of God. We are the gateway for the supernatural to come into the community. Oh, well, I tried that and nothing happened. If you can believe, all things are possible. And we're just going to look at what happens because uh, it's a very important issue, this one. Unbelief blocks the flow of power. Unbelief is a spirit that invades our mind with certain ways of thinking. How many people here think that unbelief might be afflicting you? Well, of course, most of us say, well, no, not really. You know, I'm a believer, and I come to church every Sunday. But are you exercising faith on a regular basis to believe and expect and see God moving through you in a way that's beyond like an unsafe person could do? 
See, unsaved persons do good things too. Some of them live a lot better lives than many Christians I know. But one of the things that's a characteristic of the house of God is the impossible can take place. Miracles can take place. That where people are sick and the doctor says there's no cure, we have something we can release that brings a healing to them. That where a situation is hopeless, there's no possibility. God is able to do the possible. If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. So we need some possibilities to take place, don't we? So unbelief blocks the flow. Now I want you to see how Jesus spoke to three particular groups. Number one, he spoke to the general people. And this is what he had to say to them. He said to them, you faithless generation. In other words, he's saying the whole city is under the grip of a spirit of unbelief. There is a spirit that fills the atmosphere to such a degree that people do not think or believe it possible for miracles to take place. So if you're a Christian, you come up with all kinds of reasons. One's a doctrinal reason. Well, it all stopped after the apostles. Or if you're Pentecostal, you believe it's still there. Well, it happens in other nations or well, maybe one day or you, 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 you begin to become a futurist. Well, one day God will do it. Today's the day we're living though. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Not will he find church attenders. He find plenty of church attenders. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find the miracle? Will he find people believing him? Believing his word, acting on his word. So Jesus confronts the people and he says, he calls them a faithless generation. In other words, the spirit of unbelief so impacted that generation it blocked the miraculous happening. Now in Mark chapter 6, you see a similar situation. In verse 5 and 6, Jesus went to his own hometown and it says he could do there no mighty work among them, no great miracle among them because of their unbelief. In other words, the whole town was filled with an atmosphere of unbelief. It gripped them. And when Jesus stood there in their midst, full of the power of God, able to raise the dead, heal the sick, open the blind eyes, heal the cancers, heal the AIDS, every miracle possible. Because in other places it says, everyone that came to him got healed. And here he is standing right there and no miracles are happening. And he said, this is the reason why your unbelief, it is not that it's beyond God to do it, but God has chosen to work through the channel of faith. You can either be under the spirit of faith and operating in faith or under a spirit of unbelief and see no miracles. Think about that. One of the things I experience every time I come back from the mission field, every time I've been in meetings where the power of God came and all kinds of things happen, the first thing I hit when I come back is the spirit of unbelief. And suddenly it seems very hard to do that here. I showed you a, on the screen, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we sh showed you a video of a woman who was born deaf hearing. It doesn't matter what country that takes place, it's the same God who does it. So I showed it because I wanted people who had, had difficulties with hearing to have an opportunity to be healed. Uh, I, we had an altar call that evening. 
I prayed for one person. I prayed once and nothing happened. I prayed again and nothing happened. I prayed and then I was entering into contention with that spirit of unbelief. And about two weeks later, I heard then her ears had been completely healed. But I didn't know it right at the time. But I did know there was a spirit pushing, saying, hey, what happened here? It won't happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. How many know what I'm talking about here? Have you ever thought it might be a spirit arrayed against you, that it sits over the whole community, and if miracles happen, the first people to be up in arms would be local church people, second people up in arms would be the newspapers. And they'd come, and they would find every way of proving that it was all quackery or something wrong with it. Such is the influence of that spirit. Jesus, in the midst of a town. Now, here's Jesus who raises the dead. Now, get this. No miracles because of their unbelief. So what stopped miracles? The unbelief of people. It filled the whole atmosphere. Now, I want you to have a look at the second person that Jesus speaks. He speaks to the Father. And the Father comes to him and says, if you can do it, uh, if, if you can do anything, uh, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus flips it back. Notice what the Father says. If you can do it, do it. A lot of people approach God that way. If you can heal, or, or if it's your will. But, friend, it is the will of God to heal. It's never the will of God people be sick. It's never the will of God people be impoverished or oppressed or demonized. It's not the will of God. It's nowhere in the Bible that's the will of God. But notice what Jesus does. He said, if you can believe it, all things are possible. What a challenge. He's brought the, the son up there, and, and Jesus immediately puts the thing. And immediately the father says, oh, help my unbelief. I'm, I'm willing to trust you, but I, I realize I'm full of unbelief. So notice the, the group of people, the whole city, unbelief. The father who needed the miracle, unbelief. Later on, the disciples in Matthew chapter 70, verse 21, came and said to him, how come, now get this, how come we couldn't cast the demon out? He said, your unbelief. Now notice now he's canned everyone. The crowd, the city full of unbelief. That's why no miracle. But even, an, even it just requires someone having faith. Then he speaks to the Father. If you could believe, you'd get the miracle. So the Father could have got a miracle for the Son. If there'd been an atmosphere of faith in the region, there could have been a miracle come through. The disciples had to go. He said, it's your unbelief. Now get this, your unbelief. Here's the people who've gone out praying and casting out demons. Now they've hit something at another level. They were operating successfully at a certain level. Now they've hit something at a greater level. And because of they do not have the faith for it, there's unbelief in their hearts. I have absolutely no doubt there's a significant level of unbelief around my life. I'm determined to push against it. I have no doubt that it afflicts our community. And I have no doubt it limits Many of you here from doing great things for God, if you can believe, if you can believe, nothing is impossible to you. All things are possible. Think about your friends that could be saved. Think about what could be done through your life. Think about situations which are impossible. If you could just somehow believe whatever that means and get rid of that unbelief, God is able to have a channel to work through. God's just looking for a channel. And Jesus immediately rebukes the demon that comes out of him. So guess who had faith? He had faith. And so the demon responded to his faith. And of course that raises the whole issue then of unbelief. Now unbelief establishes mindsets. 
Unbelief is a spirit, first of all. It is a spirit. It's opposite the spirit of faith. Spirit of faith, when it's around your heart, you believe, you think, you have an attitude, you speak in a certain way. When unbelief is around you, it establishes a certain mindset or way of viewing life. And it basically you view life in a secular mindset. God's sort of way up there, and I've got to run my life. And God doesn't really come into my life at all very much, except on Sunday when I come to church or when I have a little devotion and pray to Him. Unbelief blocks the flow of miracle power we found in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Unbelief will stop miracles flowing to you. Unbelief stops the flow of the miraculous. Unbelief stops you from receiving what God has purchased for you and destined for you. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14 it says, They were unable to enter into what God had planned for them because of unbelief. I want you just for a moment to imagine this. I want you to imagine for a moment you could look into heaven and you could stand alongside and talk with the Lord and ask him this question, Lord, what things have you destined for my life? Lord, share with me my prophetic destiny. Share with me the things you wrote down for me to accomplish before the age began. And he would reach in and he would take out a scroll. And the first thing you'd be amazed is how long the scroll is. How full of things it is. But then as he begins to unroll it, you become alarmed because he just takes the tape off the edge of it and you're reading the first couple of lines. And you realize then that all the things that God has planned for you are not taking place because there's no faith to enter, take hold, and bring them into the earth. It's one thing to have them written in heaven. It's another thing to have them in the earth. It's one thing to have the check in your hand. It's another thing to have it in the bank and got the dough. And you see, we've got a book full of promises. In heaven, there's a scroll written with your name on it that has your destiny on it, the things you're called to do. But only faith is the, is, faith is the only way we're going to rise up and bring it from there and it manifests in the earth. I am deeply concerned as a church that in this coming year, we arise and begin to lay hold of the things God planned for us. You say amen to that? Unbelief. You won't enter into your inheritance because of unbelief. Hebrews 3 verse 14. They failed, to, uh, they failed to enter because of unbelief. So it holds back our spiritual inheritance. Here's another thing unbelief does in Hebrews 3 verse 12. Let's have a quick look at it, then we'll come back. Hebrews 3 verse 12. It says, Beware lest an evil heart of unbelief Take heed, lest in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we may partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence right through to the end. Notice the warning there. Take heed, lest there be in any of you, that's believers, an evil heart of unbelief. That word evil means something that has a negative effect. Something that actually has a negative influence. Rust has a negative influence. Unbelief actually affects people. Because when unbelievers around your life, you'll talk in a certain way. You know what unbelievers do? They complain a lot. People of faith are thankful a lot. People of faith praise God a lot. People, are un people in unbelief are complainers. They're always complaining about something because there's no faith to see what God is wanting them to do or how God is wanting to work through that situation so they become the answer for it. 
So the Bible tells us that an, a heart of unbelief is evil. Take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So unbelief spreads and defiles. It has a harmful negative influence, stops us going forward. Just think of this. Twelve spies went into the land. Ten came back with an evil heart of unbelief. And two million people followed them. It's much easier to believe it can't happen than it can. When we talk about praying for someone who's got cancer, the immediate thing, you talk to someone says, I got cancer. They give me three months to live. Immediately you think they're going to die. See, there's, there's a block comes to believing God for healing because we actually aren't in a place of faith. That's why I got the healing course coming up next week, is to help you grow in your faith level so you can see more miracles happening through you as you pray for people. It's not just going to happen because you come to a meeting. You've actually got the Word of God on that area into your life, as you'll see in just a moment. Okay? So, right, so, so notice here, the, the next thing that the, and the heart of unbelief does, it causes us to depart from God. Well, I'm still coming to church. Now, that word there, it says, Beware lest an evil heart of unbelief come in you, and that you depart from the living God. Now, well, I say, I'm still coming to church. It's not what the Bible said. That word depart means to draw back from in your heart, so you stand at a distance, but you're not really engaging. Think about that. It means to draw back. So you're no longer going to put yourself in a place of trusting or risk. Now I'm drawn back to the safe zone where I don't have to lean on God. He's a bit unpredictable, you know. Sometimes I, I, never, sometimes I pray and things happen. Sometimes nothing much happens. A bit unpredictable. I'll draw back to the safe zone where I feel safe in my ability. That is an evil heart of unbelief drawing back from the living God. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. So let me ask you this. Do you have anything currently that you are holding before the Lord believing for him to break through in. If you have, then you're in a place of faith. If you have not, you've drawn back from God. God is the add-on to your life, but he's not the one you're coming to to lean on. So sometimes God lets a little crisis come. It's nothing like getting us out of our drawn back mode into, oh God, I need you. Help! It's nothing like a little bit of stress to get that to happen. So sometimes God will let it come into your life just because just he wants you to come back. You know what I'm talking about? So an evil heart of unbelief. So unbelief blocks the flow of the power of God. It affects other people, affects people's attitudes, stops us receiving our inheritance, stops us coming into the things God has, and it causes us to draw back from God. Now, this is, this is what most people think when, when unbelief is around them, around their life. This is the kind of way we think. It doesn't really matter if I have faith or not because I'm living a good life. I'm not doing bad things. I come to church, go to cell group meeting, have my devotion. It doesn't really matter whether I've got faith or not. We think if we're just doing those things that that's going to be okay. But actually, God is wanting us to be positioned in our heart that the impossible will come into the earth because all things are possible to him who believes. So God wants us to have a possibility mindset. What is possible in your workplace? What is possible in the lives of your friends? What is possible in the community around us? Is it possible a whole city could turn to Christ? Is that possible? Yes, it's possible. Could it be our community? Oh, that's possible. Could my unsafe friends come to Christ? Oh, it's definitely possible. In fact, more than that, I am seeing it in the Spirit. It's inevitable. Friend, there needs to come around our heart the possibilities of God. 
the possibilities. Because what unbelief will cause you to look back to your disappointments, look back to the failures and get you to stay back there. Possibilities say, well, I fell over. There must be something I missed. I'm going to keep pushing on. I'm going to push on and believe because all things are possible to me. I want to be a believer. I'm not going to rest in unbelief. I want things to be possible in my life. Possible for me to see people saved. Possible for me to see the community impacted. Possible for me to see a move of God in my school. It is possible. It is possible. If you can believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. See, when people come up to the altar call, what are you coming for? What are you believing God for? I don't know. I just sort of come up. Nothing much is possible then. What's possible is when we dare to dream, when we dare to dream with God and we can let our desires go out there, we begin to start to think of the future, think of the possibilities. What could be? What could my life be? What could my family be like? What could my friends be like? What could happen through my life? You need to dare to dream, to dream with God, the possibilities. What could happen? Of course, everyone around in a nation like New Zealand, which is covered with an atmosphere of unbelief, will say, hey, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? But if you can believe, all things are possible. person who's in a place of faith, everything's possible. Oh, you just never know which day I want to get that miracle. Never know which day something good's going to happen. Oh, today's another good day. Something good is about to break forth. So let me give you several simple keys. I'm not going to develop them. Just, I'm going to just give them to you. How you break through that unbelief. Of course, it helps if we know how we get into it. Let me tell you some reasons or ways that people get into unbelief and don't even realize it. Number one, disappointment 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 we didn't get what we expected god didn't work or didn't answer our prayers the way we thought prayed for someone to live and they died all kinds of all disappointments disappointment i ain't going there anymore i'll never do that again making the vows not to i won't go out there again and take that kind of risk i'll look silly notice what it is i'll look silly not i might have a miracle i'll look silly all about us. Eh? Second reason that people don't move in, stay in unbelief is because of ignorance. We just don't know what God's word says. We're ignorant of how God moves. We pray and nothing much happens. Three days later, the person recovers. We wanted it to happen immediately. Go away discouraged. The, the, uh, the, the Syrian, Naaman the Syrian, he came in and the prophet just said to him, listen, go out and bathe in the, in the river and have a few dips, you'll come right. He was offended because he expected God to do it a certain way. Very easy to get offended when God doesn't do it our way. So ignorance, disappointment, tradition, just traditional ways of thinking, habitual ways of thinking. If you're not thinking about God coming in and doing something in your life, you get locked into a way of thinking that actually resists God moving. Or if we just think, for example, well, pastors pray and that happens. Who said? Where did you get that from? The Bible says... All things are possible to him that believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They shall cast out evil spirits. In by those who believe. They believe. The issue is believing. Believing it's possible. You say, well, well, come to a seminar. Learn how to pray for the sick. Learn how to do deliverance. Learn how to pray for healing of the broken heart. Because there's thousands of people out there who need that. And they won't all come to hear Lynn instruct them and minister to them. I don't even want them to come to all of them. Come to Lynn. I want them to come to you. See, we've got a seminar here we run every year on getting people free of demons. Well, come and learn how after you've been cleaned up. Don't keep coming back to get cleaned up. Learn how to stay free. Then learn how to pray for someone else. Don't bring them all here. Go pray for them yourself. That's what Jesus had in mind.
All things are possible to him that believe. But we get knocked emotionally. We get knocked in our spirit. Got knocked in our thinking. We yield to the spirit of unbelief. And then we draw back. We don't want to do that. We don't do that. We want to get out into a place of A. Let me give you several keys. We'll just pick it up in Matthew 17, 21. And I'll just read the one verse and give you the keys. Here they are. Some keys. How do we break through? How many think there might be a bit of unbelief hanging around you? Sort of like a, like a, like a bad smell, really. You know, a person has got B.O., it sort of follows them everywhere they are. Everywhere they are, the B.O. is there. Have you noticed that? Everywhere they are, the B.O. is there. <laughs> so, oh, well, go to another place, and there you are, and you are there. And so is your B.O. See, so an, an evil spirit or unbelief is like B.O. So you think, well, I'll go to another place. I'll go to another church. I'll go to another town. I'll go to a better opportunity somewhere else. I'll go to Australia, and there you are. And there is your B.O. There's your spirit. Still there. Still with you. Still with you. Now, of course, if you're in an environment with this strong faith, that amazingly helps. In fact, when the environment is full of faith, people coming in immediately rise up in their faith. And this church is very easy to touch several areas in God in the supernatural. Very easy. It's your right to do it because it operates here all the time. Okay? But we need to come to new levels, another, another level. Here it is, Matthew 17, 21, verse, uh, verse 19. Why couldn't we cast the devils out? Or putting it this way... Why couldn't I get that person set free of that demon? Why couldn't I get that person healed of cancer? Why couldn't I get that financial breakthrough? Why didn't that marriage come right? Why didn't this happen? Why, 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 why not? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. I, I don't like it when people come for healing and they're blamed, not only for being sick, but for staying sick. It doesn't seem right to me. I kind of come up there and I'm sick. And someone blames me now that the reason I'm staying stick is because of my unbelief. I don't like that. I'd rather not come to that. See, the thing is, that it only takes someone to have faith. See, the man who was crippled, the four friends had faith. He couldn't do anything about it. They just carried him and dumped him down through the roof into the building. Doesn't say anything about his faith. Jesus saw their faith. Needs someone to have faith. See, the parents can have faith for the child, for your family. You can have faith for your friends. You can believe God for them. Okay? And, and what Jesus said, these guys, you were doing the deliverance, you, you failed. Well, they could have gone all this explanation. Oh, well, you know, the dad was this and the dad. Dad was full of unbelief. And that boy, well, he's a trouble boy, he's a rebellious boy. No, Jesus said, your unbelief. He nailed the disciples. He said, the reason you didn't get the job done, don't go blaming someone else, you've got the issue. I like that. Because then if I, if I know where the issue lies, if I blame someone else, hey, Bill, you didn't get healed because you're just full of unbelief. Well, there may be some blocks to healing, of course, and you can learn about those in the seminar on it. But, but uh, the thing is, Jesus never had any blocks to any miracles happening. Everyone had come to him and gotten a miracle. Everyone, without exception. Let me just finish. Here it is. Number one, prayer. Strong, passionate prayer. Number two, Fasting. Fasting. Prayer and fasting, crucials. Number three, renewing the mind. We have to renew how we think by meditating in the Word of God on the issues related to where we want to break through, whether it be healing, deliverance, finances. Romans 12, 2, renew the mind. How do you renew the mind? By meditating in the Word of God and by remembering what God's done. On my computer, I have got pictures of people being healed. I look at those pictures. 
And remember, remember, remember when I laid hands on a cripple, they got out of a wheelchair. I laid hands on a cripple, they got out of a wheelchair. Oh, yes, look at the look on their face. I laid hands on that deaf woman. She opened up and she got to, oh, yes, look at that. Hallelujah. That stirs faith inside. So you just got to get one little break. You've got to remember things. Eh? Remember, number, two, number four, key number four, uh, speaking the word of God. Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast your confession of faith. Friends, we need to testify if God's done a miracle. Next year, one of the things I want to do in the church to raise the culture of faith is to get people testifying. I'm going to put the testimonies on two-minute video clips so that every week, week after week, I'd love to have and hear a testimony. God did this! And when you see, whoo, it happened to them, it could happen for me. You see? Because when you hear me preach about it, you think, oh, this is a preacher. It's all right for you. It's not for me. You hear someone else, and they believe God and got a miracle. They believe God. Grandma over there, you know, he got a miracle. His life got saved. Doctors guaranteed he'd die, and he lived. All things are possible to them who believe. All things are possible. Hebrews 3.14, fellowship. Fellowship with men of faith. Fellowship with people of faith. Hang around people who've got faith in their heart. Listen to tapes. Listen to CDs. Get around people that got faith in their heart. Get rid of the complainers from around you. Just have a fast off complainers for a while. Some people are attracted to them. Come tell me all your complaints. I think, get away from me. <laughs> get away from me. I'm growing my faith. I don't want to be sunk while I'm in the process of growing the seeds. I want to grow the faith, grow the faith, grow the faith, grow the faith level, grow the faith level, grow the faith level. And then you just got to step out and try things persistently till you get your breakthrough. Persevere, persevere. Luke 18, the woman persevered, persevered, persevered. Finally, she got a breakthrough. Very, very simple keys. I can develop them another time, but I want you to just get them real simple. God is wanting us to break through that atmosphere that exists around here. See, we live in it, get cooked in it, and after a while, we're like the frog in the pot. We don't even know what's happening until it's killed us. We don't have to be like that. For all things are possible to him who believes. Father, in Jesus' name, we rebuke the spirit of unbelief and those other spirits that work with it that keep us deaf. We can't hear your voice and dumb. We don't speak right. Lord, we rebuke those things in Jesus' name. We ask in these coming days that the faith level in this church might rise and rise and rise. That week after week, we hear testimonies of people who broke through. People who said, God did this. I believed. I believed. I believed. And God did this. The doctor said that. But God did this. The doctor said, you can't do that. And I, God came through and I did it. My God, we're looking for miracles. We're looking for the miraculous, the supernatural. We're looking for you to come through the heavens into this area of Hawke's Bay and to work through the body of Christ, your people, with signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, we're believing for miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance, financial miracles, signs, unusual things happening that people might know that there is a living God and He's our God and He still does miracles. He's the living God. We will not depart from the living God. We will come near to the living God and be agents of His life and power into our community in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Quickly, make sure you get some names down on that sheet. People you're going to believe God for. And then you've got to talk to them friends with them and ask them let's believe you'll see your friends saved and if you don't well don't give up next year we'll have some more events get them there somehow your friends will come to christ 
somehow you choose to believe they will not go to hell. They will come true to the living God. You say, man, say, man, come on, let's just stand and worship the Lord.